When I start with a nice walk in Pasha, the Yaitza, the Pusik says, Yanka Vini tells the shepherds, Hain Oidayim Gudel, Loy Aisa Yusuf Amikna. There's a lot of work to do. Why are you sitting around? You know, give, give the, the sheep to, to drink. So the Mavasa Tzedek, Absolut Beis Lachava, brings a word first on the Mishnah, Aina Nili Mili, Kshinil Atmi Moani. He says, if a person would live even a thousand years, he wouldn't be able to accomplish um, all that he needs to do to serve Hashem correctly. A thousand years is not enough for what a person is really obligated to do for Hashem. But if a person teaches other people and causes other people to do good things, and then they teach and cause other people to do good things, and all that is, is part of his cheshben, and it has a ripple effect, and, and it's always adding up more you know, over the years, even, even after a person's finished with whatever he does in this world, you know, that's, that's something that, that's much more meaningful than the little bit that a person could accomplish when he's, when he's in this world. So he explains, If a person doesn't just do things for himself, he's not just busy serving Hashem on his own, just worrying about himself, then me, all those people that he affects, and all those people that do good things because of him, it's all part of his me. But if a person only has himself in mind and tries to do everything on his own, he's not going to get too far. And once he leaves his world, he can't do anything more than that. And it was never enough. So he explains that... Uh, even if a person is going to live as much as he wants, there's not enough time you know, to get enough chokhmah and enough, enough uh, Torah, enough mitzvahs to serve Hashem. But if you let other people drink, if you, if you give other people and you help other people do the right thing, whether it's children or talmidim, they give over and, and, and further, then that's something that will always... Um, you, you help them do it the right way, the khiri, you make, you make sure they have what to eat and, and, and feed on, that's something that's going to help a person later on, even when he goes away, even when he leaves this world. And this is one of the you know, biggest ideas of Chinuch It's a mushal that Tzadik can bring, you know, that the, the person who wanted to serve the king, and he saw that he was new, and as he's getting older, he knew that his days are limited, he won't be able to anymore, what did he do? He quickly got married. Like this, he would have a son, and he would leave over a child who serves the king. Part of Chinuch is not is not getting your children to do the right thing instead of you. Like some people just focus on having the kids do the right thing. It's a continuation. So there's the people who think about themselves and try to be the best people they could be, and, and they're not so focused on getting the children to do the right thing because I, you know, I let them make their own life decisions and, and and worry for themselves. And there are people who do just the opposite. Right? They're focusing only on their children and they should do the right thing. But really, it's it's one part of a person's um, completing his own avoid in this world is is having children and teaching them right and, and making sure that they continue on to do the right thing and bring out the best of them. So Chinech Abunim is always such, a, such an amazing topic. Um, Shalom Bayes is also, but Shalom Bayes sometimes is reserved more for the people who are somewhat struggling and needing answers. But Chinech Abunim is, is an investment that you know, from day one we all want to be very invested in and very involved in. So with that, let me read a question. Dear Rabbi Grun, thank you for your weekly shurim. We really learn a lot from them. Okay? Thank you. Our question, our question is, good. how do you deal with two kids that are young and have two different personalities? One has a strong, not emotional personality, the other is very emotional. I'm assuming that the question is more sensitive, but okay, I'm calling it emotional. So when we deal with them, one has to be dealt with in a more strong way and one in a soft, calm way. What do we do when the strong one asks us why when he does something wrong, we're not the same strict as when the other does something wrong? Basically, two different personalities have to be dealt with in two different ways. How do we explain it to young children that see that we are acting differently towards them? Thank you for taking your time to answer our question. Okay. So let me start off by saying that this is a very, very typical, very typical, and as a matter of fact, it should be 
to most people. Um, the fact that we have Hashem, many children, and the fact that generally children are different one from another, should make that most people should have this question. Uh, not everyone's noticing it, and not everyone is invested enough in it, and I'll, I'll talk about in a minute why it should be, uh, why, why more people should have this question, but I'm just saying this is, this is very typical. Uh, so whoever doesn't have this question should think, maybe I should have this question, maybe, maybe regarding my own children, uh, there are differences, not different approaches necessary, maybe I'm not taking that seriously, maybe I'm taking it too seriously, maybe my children do have this question, maybe they are bothered by it, and I'm not, I'm not picking up on it, etc. But before I, before I say that, um, the question ended, again, I don't like nitpicking, but whenever I hear certain words, I just want to pick up on them to be able to bring out certain points that I think will be a benefit. The question goes, how do we explain it to the younger children when they see us doing this? So it's interesting because so often people ask me this question, not, not, not about this topic specifically, but about a lot of things. How do I explain it? How do I explain to my spouse something that my wife is just not getting? She's not, she's not okay. How do I explain it? Or how do I get my husband to understand? How do I get my children to understand? And we're very busy looking for explanations. And something I mention often, especially when we talk about conflict and, and, and disagreements and things like that, there's so little that has to be explained. There's so little that has to be explained. What we call explaining, we don't realize what we're, what we're really uh, saying. Explaining makes it sound like we're explaining something that, that's hard to understand. Is it so hard to understand? And sometimes people ask this question. I, I explained it a hundred times, she's not getting it. One second. First of all, if you explained it a hundred times, why she's not getting it? Second of all, if you explained it ten times, she didn't get it, why do you go to twenty, thirty, forty, until a hundred? Why are you explaining it so many times? You know that joke, I must have said it many times, but I grew up with this joke, so I have to, I have to repeat it every once in a while. But the Schwarzer guy who comes to the bank, and uh, he sees a long line of people, and he has no time to wait, so he goes to the front, and everyone starts screaming, hey, there's a long line, why are you, why are you cutting the line? And he's not listening to anyone, he doesn't care what anyone has to say, and everyone's getting all angry, and everyone's you know, complaining, and he's doing his own thing, he couldn't care less. Well, a security guard comes over to him, and he tells him, you know, if you don't go back, if you don't go to the back of the line, I'm gonna have you arrested. Well, a second later, you know, that, that was all it took. He goes to the back of the line, and the guy in the back didn't help. What happened? He didn't hear. He said, "What happened? I saw the guy talk to you, and you came to that." Oh, he he explained it to me. He explained it to me, and that's what we call explaining. You know, somebody's explaining things. So often, what we call explaining, he didn't. The guy didn't explain it. He didn't explain it. There's a line. There's people. You have to be considerate. It's not menschlich. The guy didn't explain. He, he explained it. it. Means he gave it over to him in a way that he was able to accept it. Very often we're looking for explanations to explain things that don't have to be explained. Most relationship conflict, most difficulty, even when it comes to chinuch, is not about an explanation. It's about a difficulty someone's having in, in accepting that explanation. As a matter of fact, very often when something really makes sense, you can rely on the fact that the person understands it. And now it's just up to you to stick to it and be consistent and confident about it. Because if you're not, then even though they understand it, they're going to keep on challenging it. And sometimes you try to explain something that doesn't make sense. You can explain it 150 times and it doesn't make sense. Stop trying to explain it. Realize why it's not going over well. As a matter of fact, with Chinuch I must have mentioned this also in the past. I once spoke um, at an event, a Chinuch event. And people came over afterwards with questions. And one question somebody asked me, a guy comes over to me, he was dressed a little interestingly, let's call it, a little out of the box. Not people that like to challenge um, the norms for whatever reason. Let's not go into that. Why? And he was dressed in a way that was very, uh, not provocative, but uh, interesting, attention-calling. And he asks me, um, how can I explain to my son that he can't dress this way? He was pointing to a certain way that he was dressed and asked me, how can I explain to my son that he can't dress this way? He's in yeshiva, it's not okay. He's trying to, he's trying to explain to his son why I could and you can't. 
I tell him, um, could you explain it to me? And then I'll help you try to get you to be able to explain it to him. If you could explain it to me, and I'll get it, then maybe I'll come up with the right words that you can now relate to your son. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know the answer. How do you explain to a son that, you, that you're a child, that you couldn't, you can't? Now, now it's interesting because, and there's also something I told him, I said, does your son want to know why you could drive a car and he can't? No, he doesn't ask that question, right? Why not? It seems that he understands it. He understands that for whatever reason, there's a certain age that you can allow someone to drive a car responsibly, and a certain age that you can't. He's not, he's not challenging that part. He's challenging something that between me and you, he's right. The same reason you could do it, because you have everyone in them and you, can kill, you couldn't care less what anyone has to say, and you see no reason to not be different or fit in or whatever. He has, he has the same feeling. Now, regardless of if you're right or he's right, or neither of you are right, or both of you are right, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to point out is that when you're looking to explain something, you either, it either has to make sense, and if it does, then you don't have to do so much explaining. By the time something really makes sense, you don't have to do so much explaining. Now you have to do the doing. So that's something to think about. When you see something's not getting across, it's either not getting across because it, it's hard to understand, and you're just trying to prove something or explain something that's not so explainable, or you're just too afraid to do something that someone really understood already, and they're just challenging you by saying, but I don't understand, hoping that as long as they claim not to understand, you know, they're, they're, exempt, they're, they're exempt or absolved from whatever it is. So I hope that came out clear. If not, I'll have to explain it again. Um, now, there's, there's, a, there's a general challenge that it sounds like from your letter that this is what you're really dealing with. And I want to I explain the challenge and clarify the challenge so that people realize how relevant it really is. On the one hand, one of the, one of the basics and fundamentals of, of chinuch is chinuch not a pidarkri. Taking a child's nature and style and, and um, capabilities and limitations into account when being mechanic children. It's so important. If you're going to be mechanic of them all the same way, Oh, it's, a, it's a problem. On the other hand, Chazal um, teaches us, A person shouldn't differentiate between his children. Look what happened. Yankov Vini was showing favoritism to Yosef HaTzadik. And, and look what came out of that. So Chazal teaches us, you know, we shouldn't do that. Make sure that you're not uh, t- treating them differently. Now that is a steaming contradiction. Right? Here it says that you should treat them, each one individually, based on their specific needs. And here it says you shouldn't um, show any favoritism or, or make any differences. So I don't know if anyone um, noticed this contradiction yet or how relevant it is, but I think this is something that most people should on some level be struggling with. By the time you have a few children and you're trying to do your best to educate and parent each one of them based on their specific needs, it, 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 chances are it could very easily pose a problem of having it become noticeable. So let me just, let me just go back again. means that each child has their own needs, and if you try to make one-size-fits-all, very often people do it in the name of fairness, that's what's fear. By me, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start saying this. Yeah, this not. This one could. This one can't. It's gonna cause a problem. There's a long arichas from Reb Shmuel Ful Hirsch. And last week, Pashas told us about the Yankov Tom Yeshiv Home and Isa was Ishidayatayid, and he explains. He's careful. He says that you know we're not we're not one we're not we're not people that could uh, you know give uh, comments bikorat uh, on on the oversegregation. We're not. We can't say what they did wrong. But the Torah is teaching us things that we should learn from them. And he says that the fact that Yankov and Isov were expected and were parented in the same way and expected to be the same thing, that's what caused the problem where for Yankov this kind of chinuch worked and for Isov it didn't work because they were so different from each other. And they each needed their own way of chinuch. Now again, you know, to say that the Ovis didn't know that or did the wrong thing, but this is what he says, a lesson we should learn. How different children are and that you're, gonna have, you're not going to have the same results if you use the same, the same method. So this is something that definitely, um, that definitely is... is uh, 
that, that's definitely um, um, from the basics of Chinuch. Knowing that each one, but on the other hand, okay, let's go to the other side. The other ben means that even when it does make sense, and even when you know, for him, I'm doing it this way because that's what works for him. But for you, I, it could be explained, like I said before. But jealousy doesn't have to be explained. Jealousy, which is one of the things that this causes, um, is emotional. So when a child is jealous of his brother, you can give explanations from today till tomorrow. Very often, that jealousy is not being resolved with an explanation. Most emotions won't be resolved with logical explanations. And that's why people try to use explanations when things are really emotional challenges and, and you're, just, you're just saying the same thing again and again when somebody really either did or didn't understand it but the explanation and repeating yourself is not, is not what's going to help. So I, I think, like, like most things in life, but over here it's just so blatant and, and uh, obvious that it's all about balance. It's all about balance. Um, you, trying to balance these two contradicting ideas is not always easy, but that's what, it, that's what it's about. It's about balance. It's about knowing how to be mechanic each one separately without making it so obvious that you're, that you're being mechanic ben banabunim. And maybe part of the play on words, um, I don't know if that's maybe even the simple pshat, between the other children, you shouldn't be showing those differences. You shouldn't be showing that favoritism. Yankov who we learned from, that did this, um, did it in a way that was obvious. His Vatsadik was dressed differently. He got a presence differently. And everyone saw it and they were all jealous. That's something you shouldn't do. One-on-one, when it's not banabunim, of course, you need a different approach. And I think this is a lot of the chinuch and a lot of pidarkai. And I, I talk to this often. I talk. I talk to parents about this and, and teachers, malamdim. Of course, when you have a family together or a classroom together, that's when it gets a little difficult. But there's so much that you could do one on one that make it so much easier. When not everyone has to know what you're doing with a child, a rebbe or a teacher that calls over a child before the day starts or after the day ends, and has that little uh, you know one on one with them, and they know how to give that wink in the middle of class, but nobody realizes what's behind it. That, that's making a child feel special without showing favoritism. As a matter of fact, very often you could even explain to the child one-on-one that really I want to do things differently for you, but there are other kids that won't understand it. Let's work this out between us. But that, that's, that's definitely a, a balance that we, that we need. Um, another two points that I think just make it so... Uh, that make this balance a little easier. Very often there's a, a, a technical, a very technical... Um, attitude about, about things that either have to happen or can't happen. And it, it, it becomes a technical thing, for example, is let's say a bedtime, a nine o'clock bedtime. Nine o'clock, we go to bed, especially kids that are close in age or whatever, whatever it is, right? Let's say, nine o'clock, we go to bed. Well, this amount of snack we could take to school. It's a technical thing. It's a technical rule. How you address each kid about it, that could, that could be done differently. But the Loilam Ali Yishana is very often in technical things. Very often, it's not the attitude or the, or the way you're expressing something or the way you're talking to a child that's causing the jealousy. It's the technical thing about how come me, him, me this much and him that much. That's something. And, and the, you know, Yosef Tzadik with his brothers later when they came, giving him more and whatever. This is something that Chazal teaches us. Making it obvious that there's a difference, a technical difference, that could be a problem. As long as there's no technical difference, it's very often not, uh, not a big problem. So even when there is a technical difference and it's not done in front of the other children, that's also relatively okay. But very often, as long as there's no technical difference, it's not an obvious difference, it's not something people can point a finger at, you're very often avoiding a lot of problems already. And uh, that's just something that people don't realize, how much uh, could be done without making those technical differences. The other point is that so much of helping children get there is really emotional. This is the part that I want to address more. You you have two children, you want to get them both to bed at 9 o'clock. To one of them, it's enough to say, get to bed at 9 o'clock. And they go to bed at 9 o'clock. 
The other one will go to bed at 9 o'clock only when you um, talk to them in a specific way. You give them enough advance notice. You validate the difficulty they're having with it and you're saying, I, I know you want to stay up later. Um, you're giving them a choice actually. If you want to go to sleep a little later, you could, but then I'm not going to come to your bed. You, you let them know what the consequence or the incentive will be if they do get there. So, so much of it, you, you can get that kid to bed at 9 o'clock as well. And this has nothing to do with, with favoritism and difference of personality. So many people struggle with getting a kid to bed on time. And as long as you know how to say it and how to present it and how to be confident and consistent and firm about it, you'll make it happen. The other kid doesn't need that. So you could end up having the same results with kids very often um, as long as you approach it differently. Now, there is such a thing as children having different capabilities and, different, and children being able to, to perform differently. One could learn better and one could help more and one could do less. There is such a thing and you have to be... You have to be aware of that as well. And you have to make sure that also doesn't look like you're showing favoritism. But very often, very often, the difference is, is not as much in what it is that you're trying to achieve or get children to do. It's in the approach. And the way you said it, the way you're writing about it, that one is dealt with in a strong way, one in a soft, calm way, that's something that very often um, doesn't, doesn't, have to, doesn't have to cause a jealousy. There could be a very technical red line at home about not hitting or not, not, you're not getting physical with a sibling. And whoever does hit the other, the other child will get punished. Not a question. It's how you address it and how you talk about it and when you talk about it and, what hap- and how you address it after it happened. That's the difference. And very often that's something that you know, people should be more considerate about. Being nice to a child and softer to a child doesn't mean you're tolerating more on a technical level. It doesn't mean that. It means that you're being more understanding, you're being less confrontational, you're being less blaming, less accusing, less emotionally challenging. But not that you're tolerating more. And like I said, this has nothing to do with siblings. This is something that people want to know all the time. How do I get my kid to stop hitting? Or stop waking up late? Or stop uh, doing whatever he wants? It, it, I can't tell him what to do. He doesn't, I try to be nice to him, but then he does whatever he wants. This is a question a lot of people deal with. But when you figure out the way to do it, and you, and you know how to make a child feel good, and you know how to be firm, and you know how to let a child know what you're not tolerating, then you could, at the end of the day, not tolerate the same thing for both. And very often, that's what you should do. And there is no reason why one child should see that you're tolerating more with the other child, and he gets away with more, and you can do what he wants, and things like that. So I think that's, that's uh, I, I think the idea and the goal is to have the similar results, and just to have the different approaches um, getting there. But like I said, of course, sometimes there are certain difficulties, certain limitations, and, and like, I, like I said before, when it comes to explaining things, if one child really can't learn, because he's a shvach about kishon, he has, a, he has a, a, a weaker IQ, and he can't perform as well, and he can't get as good test marks, or whatever it is, when that's the case, it's usually understood. You don't have to explain it. Even when a younger child will say, how come I have to get a 90 on the test or I have to learn more or whatever it is, and he doesn't, for example, very often, when it's really understandable and he knows the truth, even if he's asking the question because he doesn't like the fact that he has to review more or that, he, or that he's being pushed to do better, he knows the answer. You don't have to explain so much. It's like I said before, when things really are understandable and it's just an emotional, you don't have to do so much explaining, he knows the answer. When things are really not understandable, and that's where explaining doesn't help anyway, and that's where you definitely want to see if you're not doing the wrong thing. Um, th- th- there are, there's two more points I want to mention here. That's with the, certain difficulties that come up in similar in these kind of situations, which wasn't mentioned in the question. I just want to mention it. Sometimes it's the other way around. There are, there are parents that would, um, let's call it, want to be more understanding and tolerant and soft, but you have a kid who's, who's not allowing it. Sometimes you have the other way. Something of parents who don't even realize, but they're, they're more tolerant and soft and nice to the child who's better behaved and less challenging. And the more challenging one, who needs a softer approach and the more tolerant approach, they're the ones that we can't handle. They're the ones that, that frustrate us. 
it's very important to understand that the child that needs the softer approach is usually the one that, let's call it, deserves it less, um, and the one that you're attracted to giving it to less, but needs it more. So again, this is just you know, the, the difference between two children, and realizing the one is so helpful, and so polite, and so gentle, and that's the one I want to give all the rewards to, and all the, you know, all the good feeling, all the compliments, and this other one, I, what should I do? It's so difficult, it doesn't help anything, doesn't lift a finger. It's important to realize that, for, aside from the fact that this one needs something softer, and very often it's not going to cause the jealousy, we just don't give it because the child doesn't deserve it or because we're, we're upset. But very often you have to realize that when, when a better, better, um, easier-natured child helps for an hour, and the more difficult one, the more challenging one, who has a harder time with it, helps for only half an hour, it's very possible that the one who did less worked harder. So again, the same idea of if you're going to be very technical and very fear and get into the thing, but this one's doing more, so what should I do? I can't, I, I can't, I can't allow this. Of course, I, of course I give more, um, of course more critique to this one because they don't do as much. It's important to realize that sometimes the one you want to give it to less needs it more. And very often you'll give it more, even when it's unfair, and the other child won't even mind, because they know the truth, that it was hard for you to get that one to do even a little bit, or eat a little bit of the supper, or, or perform just a little bit, or get to bed on time, or whatever it is. So very often, it's just harder for us to do, and then we blame it on fairness. And the other issue that I wanted to mention was where this often becomes a shown bias thing. Now you started off, our question is, and I hope it's wonderful that couples want to hear, very often this becomes a shown bias topic, which I talk about often, where Chena Chabun becomes a shown bias challenge. Parents are not on the same page when it comes to parenting. But even more, when it comes to a topic like this, where the two sides of the coin are there even before, you're, even before you and your, spice, your spice, spouse are having an argument about it. The very fact that there is a, a challenge, there's, there's a built-in challenge between parenting each child according to their individual needs and refraining from making those differences blatant and cause jealousy we're already starting with two sides of a coin that, uh, that could easily become two sides of a debate. Very often this is with a husband and wife. One is very into the, but it's not fear, I'm not going to let this happen, the other one, but we have to be more careful with this child's needs. So this is a very typical um, issue where Shalom Bayes and Chinuch, you know, start becoming an, an issue, rubbing one against the other. And it's important not to deal with that. No, I'm not going to elaborate on that because it's a, it's a topic of its own and I spoke about this many times as well. Um, but it's important to know how to agree on whatever you could with your spouse. And, and work together with the, with the disagreement. In other words, you don't have to disagree with the, with the problem that a spouse is, is bringing, especially when there's truth to it. Your spouse is saying that it's causing jealousy. Don't say it's not causing jealousy if it is. Don't say, oh, this child doesn't have individual needs um, if they do. You, know, you, you, have to know, you have to know how to agree with as much as you could and come to a solution. Not, but we have to do something differently. There's only ways to work alone, take both sides of the coin into consideration and agree on the fact that we have this challenge and let's try to come up with something together or figure out how to work out when we have a difference about this but don't turn it into a debate of which side of the debate is more correct especially when both have very strong merit to it so let me just summarize over here yes there's definitely a challenge of taking care of children individually and making sure that it doesn't uh, become an issue of, of jealousy or something that children won't understand there is the balance one point I said was being about the technical things as opposed to the emotional um, approach to it, the way to get there. Another thing is about making sure it doesn't become obvious and that some of it is done one-on-one and avoiding this from, from turning into a bigger issue. And with Hashem's help, uh, when we're invested and bring out the best of each and every child, then not only will we be um, doing the right thing for them, but doing the right thing for, for ourselves. Like I say, Yusuf Amikna, there's only so much you could do on your own. Make sure that you bring out the best of every child so they can, they can continue on your legacy with Hashem's help and we should see Nachas 
from each and every one of our children. 